What's up, everyone, and welcome to the dorm room. I'm Charlie Rook. And I'm Baxter Friedman. And we created this podcast so that we can talk to some pretty cool athletes and outdoorsmen and hear their life stories and learn some pretty cool things. Let's get into it. What is up, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the dorm room. We are here with Mitch Cashin, the Tulsa soccer player, and we are so excited to talk to him. Uh, Mitch, how are you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, so let's get going. Yeah, nice. So, uh, Mitch, tell everyone about yourself. Yeah, so like you guys have kind of already mentioned, uh, I've just finished up playing soccer at the University of Tulsa, which for anybody listening, that's in Oklahoma. I wouldn't blame y'all for not knowing because I didn't know either until uh, I went to go visit. But yeah, so growing up, I just played soccer most of my life, just like you guys probably ran most of your life. And, you know, I did quite a few sports growing up and then I decided, uh, I think junior year of high school is whenever I made the decision that I wasn't going to run anymore and do anything else. I was just going to focus on soccer. And yeah, I went to Tulsa, played uh, my seasons there and really enjoyed it. had a great time. And I actually was able to graduate early because, I mean, like you guys being student athletes, you get to do summer school and whatnot. You guys haven't probably done that yet, but y'all might have to. I don't know if they're making you. Do they make y'all come back or no? For summer school, like in the summer, I don't. Yeah, do they make y'all do summer school? Oh no, they actually don't. Like they, um, we come back in like a two weeks earlier than everyone else. Oh well, y'all are lucky. We show up in like June, so oh dang, yeah. So a lot of us, I was able to finish school early, so I started my MBA, and this is actually my last semester. They're letting me finish my MBA online while I'm trying to play professional soccer. So we'll see. Uh. We'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully have some answers in the next few weeks on on what's going on. So, yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome, though. Yeah. Dude, okay, well, that is really cool. So you mentioned you're about to play professionally, and we will touch on that in a little bit. But first, I kind of want to go back a little bit. So you're, you're, from, you're from Texas, correct? Yeah, College Station, Texas, and that's where uh, Texas A&M is at. Some people don't know where that's at, but that's where A&M is. So, but did you look to play in Texas when you were in high school or did you not really care? How did, how did Tulsa happen? So for me, I was actually the number, my number one school at the time was actually UCLA. And just cause I mean, anybody, when you hear the name UCLA, like who doesn't want to be in California and go to a school like that? It's sick. So I actually went. I don't know how it works with running, but like with soccer and some other sports that I know, they have like ID camps whenever you're in high school and basically just people from all over the country in high school, you can go and obviously you pay to go. It's how some colleges make some of their some of their money and budget and whatnot. But basically I went to this, it was kind of shooting for the moon. They didn't really know who I was, but I was able to like give them a good impression played well when I was there. And so then we maintained uh, contact throughout the rest of my high school season. And, you know, they gave me an offer, but it was a really low offer. And that was a big thing too with uh, choosing Tulsa because I didn't really have to pay much. And so uh, going out of state at UCLA, but also I don't know if you guys heard, but the head coach there when I was making the decision was actually a part of that scandal with the SAT scores. 
I don't know if y'all heard about that or not, but it was like this massive deal where colleges all over the nation were like taking in kids, putting them on their roster, even though they weren't athletes, just so that they could get into school. Cause obviously being an athlete helps you get into places a lot easier than just being a normal student. So that coach ended up getting fired. So good thing I never went there because their uh, program kind of like tanked after that. But after when I made the decision and UCLA kind of was out of the picture because of that whole situation, then it was kind of down between a few schools. And then at the end of the day, Tulsa offered me the the highest amount of money. And also it's a very good education because that was a big deal for me and my family as well as because you know, life goes on after sports and you want to make sure that you have a lot to fall back on because, you know, you can't can't run, you can't play soccer, football, about whatever it is people do, like you can't do it forever. So, um, yeah, that's why I chose Tulsa. And it's a awesome city. I ended up loving it. So I'm not going to lie, I don't like the state of Oklahoma. I think it's super boring. <laughs> There's nothing attractive about the state of Oklahoma, but the city of Tulsa, I'll tell anybody that's an unreal city. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. So actually speaking of Oklahoma and everything, do you know what that little panhandle is? Like what is in that little panhandle? Are you talking like between Oklahoma and Texas? Yeah. It's like that little strip of land. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I really know is the red river, which is like the, it's the border of Oklahoma and Texas. So like when you cross over the red river, whatever side you cross over, then you're into the, the other state. Okay. And, Texas and Oklahoma have like a massive rivalry in all sports. So that's why they call it like the Red River rivalry because it's like awesome. the Red River is what runs uh, in between it. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, Carson would absolutely kill you. My roommate would kill you if he <laughs> found out that you did not like the state of Tulsa. But to be fair, I can't really blame you. It's a mid tier state at best. But Tulsa <laughs> sounds like a very, very fun state. But um, wait, wait, I want to go back. City. Oh my goodness, I said stay at the city. <laughs> but I want to go back a little bit. So you are a defender, correct? Uh yes. So how did that happen? Was that just more natural for you growing up, or did you flirt with being in any other positions? How did how did that happen? Well, also, also, what um position are you specifically? Is it is it right back? Is that how you no, say it? It kind of depends where you're from. Like in your outside of America, you say fullback is what okay. I've learned like the Europeans and whatnot, but like in America, you say like right back, left back, but uh, I play either side. I'm right foot dominant, but my left foot is um, fairly good too. So left or right doesn't really matter. But for me growing up, I actually played more of like, not, not a forward, but like an attacking, like attacking winger type position. And as I got older, that's what I played as well. And then I think it was, junior year of high school I had a talk with my like academy coach who you know I, me and him have a very good relationship and I like trust him a lot but basically I was scoring goals but not enough goals to get serious college looks because I think the season before if I remember correctly I only had like six goals which is super average and if you want to get like some serious looks at like top division uh one schools then you need to be scoring in the double digits and at the end of the day I wasn't scoring in the double digits and so one thing I was really good at was was 1v1 defending and I was very fit from my running background that I told y'all about and so 
he was like, Hey, let me, I want to try you at outside back because outside backs are people that, especially nowadays and uh, uh, what a lot of teams are looking for in outside backs is to attack and defend and guys that are fit and take players on, but also good one v one defenders. And so it just happened to work out that that was uh, better suited for myself. So um, I give, I give all the, props to him for making that decision because I probably wouldn't have done that on my own so yeah because of him uh, I made that transition junior year of high school and then from then on I kind of just ran with it and I'm, I'm glad I did because I like it a lot more and it definitely fits me uh, in my play style for sure that's pretty cool so wait, you just you already had like all that cardio built up from uh, running in high school so it just made a easy transition for yeah yeah I mean I think yeah I ran cross country and track all the way until junior year of high school yeah so yeah and those positions those position switches are like pretty difficult to make and I mean difficult to see like how effective they can really be until you actually do it because like you always think of yourself as one position until you finally switch over so like, yeah exactly exactly yeah. so and, I mean that's part of being like I mean, really any, anything in life, but I mean, a lot of athletes, I think, pick it up a lot better than people like in the workforce and whatnot, but like as being an athlete, you know, you got to be coachable. You got to be able to take criticism. You got to be able to take information and apply that in some positive way. And so, you know, some people, they may hear that and be like, nah, like I'm a, I'm a winger. Like I'm, I'm scoring goal. Like I'm, I don't want to defend, like who wants to do that, you know? And, you know, that may, receive it in a negative way and then that just hurts them overall like as a player and uh the relationship with the coach you know if you if you can take information like that and apply it in a good way and and it can really uh turn out and work out well for you and also like your relationships with your coaches and whatnot or your bosses and whether that be in the workforce or like like I said whatever that may be it's just important to be coachable in any aspect of life yeah, I completely agree with that. That's something that my uh, my parents also preached to me. They were like, as long as you can be coachable, and I mean, you also have to have a good coach. But uh, you know, you can go you can go places, and I mean, that clearly worked for you. Uh, so yeah. But I think one of the things I want to ask as well is, um, so I I know Carson has told me you're only five foot five. Um, yeah, definitely very short. Yeah, and, <laughs> and um, obviously as a defender, you got to wind balls in the air and um stuff like that and you know have you ever been overlooked for your height before and you know how have how have you dealt with that yeah no 100 percent. so like growing up um I mean when choosing to like I played all the sports growing up and you know I always wanted to play in college like that was just something that I always desired growing up and so of all the sports that I was playing I like I remember sitting down my family and being like okay you know like be real living real here you know like five five you know basketball that ain't happening you know if you ain't over six three that ain't happening you know football you know I mean Wes Welker he's unreal but I'm not even as tall as Wes Welker you know like that ain't happening you know and then you go baseball Altuve might be the only guy I've ever seen my height that is like unreal like that so chances are probably not gonna happen but you know soccer is known for not being a very um you know there's short people all the time there's kids that are very skinny you know it's not like football where you have to be just extremely strong and whatnot so I was like you know soccer is probably my best bet in terms of uh going to college getting my school paid for and you know having maybe a future after college type stuff so 
that's when I kind of made the decision to really focus on soccer and do that. Loved it, whatnot. Yeah, college, it was it was definitely one of those things where part of the reason, go back to your question earlier about, you know, like what made me choose Tulsa. So, and even though Texas is a big state, the only good D1 school in the state of Texas is SMU, actually, which is in our conference. And the and the co- me and him have a good relationship. And I, he came to all of our training sessions. He really liked me, but, you know, he was straight up, you know, he – Cause I, I went to their camp too. He was like, Hey, look like, uh, you're a good player, but to be honest, like you're too short. Like I'm not taking you. And I just said, you know, I appreciate the honesty. Like he didn't waste my time, whatever, you know, like some, some schools think that you gotta, I'm going to call it quick. Miles, <laughs> my mama. But uh, anyways, so I chose, I, part of the reason I chose Tulsa is cause they didn't care about that. You know, like they saw, they saw me for like what I could do kind of a thing, which is something that I always will be very appreciative for them. And there were other schools that did too, that offered and gave me really good offers and whatnot. But, you know, I had to like prove myself first because people thought that some people thought I couldn't do it. For example, the SMU coaches. So they're in our, they're in our conference. Right. So I go to Tulsa. I mean, I've been starting since my very first game as a freshman and I'll never forget. And I couldn't play them my freshman year because I actually got injured before I played them. So I couldn't yeah. play. But my sophomore year when I played against them, I actually had a pretty good game. And the coach came up to me afterwards and was like, hey, I made a mistake. So, I mean, it was just a, it was just like a level of respect. You know, like I respected him for, you know, being uh, upfront and honest with me in high school. And then, you know, he also came back and he knew he messed up kind of a thing. So, and, you know, I looked at me and I was like, yeah, you did, because I definitely would have came to SMU, you know, but, you know, F you now, you know, <laughs> like, I'll be, going, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be going against you for the next couple of years kind of thing. So, um, I mean, those are relationships that you, that I was able to, you know, gain throughout all my uh, years in college, because you know, just be respectful. And then, you know, like good sportsmanship, you know, like coaches on other teams, they'll say stuff to you and whatnot. So mm-hmm. definitely in college, being able to like perform well at that level, then I kind of like proved to everybody in college that I could do it. And then now I'm kind of going through it again, you know, as like trying to get to the professional because they're like, oh, you know, you did it in college, but I don't know about the pros. So now it's about getting my foot in the door and getting that opportunity and having someone take a chance on you. Because if like, for example, my Tulsa coach who took a chance on me, if I can get someone at this level to take a chance on me, like I know I'll run with it. I know I'll uh, prove myself and you know if I can do that then then there won't be any more complaints about about that aspect of it yeah but in terms of winning aerial duels and whatnot I may have to send y'all some clips or some pictures because I'll show y'all what a white boy looks like when he jumps so <laughs> absolutely I did want to actually ask like can you dunk no I can't dunk I I do have a very good vertical but I can't dunk okay. yeah no. but that's, that's uh, still wild <laughs> Maybe maybe if I was a couple more inches taller, I could probably dunk, but not right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But that's, that's awesome though. I mean, like, I mean, that's a skill to have to be able to like, I don't know. Like I know a lot of people would, if a coach told you, I'm not taking you just straight up, you're too short. Like a lot of that would, I feel like that would mess with a lot of people. So it's kind of like almost a skill to just be like, you know what? Like, thank you. I appreciate you saying that rather than just like saying, screw you. Yeah. yeah yeah no no straight up and so it's one of those things where it's like 
you just got to have tough, tough skin. You got to take it on the chin and you got to move on. Um, you know, a lot of people that I know, they don't take it well. I've seen people around my hat, even a little bit taller than me, but are still short, you know, and um, people say things to them and they don't like it. And, you know, that just affects them. Like at the end of the day, you can't let that stuff affect you. I mean, I don't know how y'all are, but like, I mean, for me, like I try to define myself by faith. So it's like, I'm not going to be worried about what someone else thinks of me. Cause like, that's just not important. You know, all that matters is like what I, what I believe that I can do. And so if someone thinks one way, you know, everybody's got opinions. Like I respect that. I'm going to just prove you wrong. So it's like, Love I'm sure y'all the same way with running, you know, I mean, y'all are freshmen. I don't know what y'all deal with, but you know, some people may think, you know, as like a freshman, someone coming in, you know, maybe you can't get a certain time. You can't hang with a certain kid, but you know, you just got to screw you and prove them wrong kind of a thing. So exactly. Yeah. 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 So, I think that's a really good attitude. Yeah. So I was also like, uh, speaking of like, you know, being with the team and everything and, uh, you know, finding Tulsa, like how was the team camaraderie with that? Is it that, uh, is there a good culture over there? Yeah. It's an unreal culture, to be honest. Uh, but when I, it wasn't always like that. When I first showed up, it was actually really bad. There were a lot of like cancerous, uh, uh, mindsets and like people just you know they brought like a negative mindset and negative attitude and then that would just spread and then they bring other people down uh with them and that's why the first two years I was there we were actually really bad I think we had had to have won only like seven total games in my first two years there like it was like a three win season and like a four win season it was like super bad and then I remember I was having talks with the coach and I was like, look, like, I mean, I was a sophomore. I was like, look, we got to get some guys out of here. We got to bring in these type of guys. Um, it wasn't just me. There were a couple other players that were doing, we had a really good like leadership group of the younger guys of the freshmen and sophomores mm -hmm. trying to get rid of some juniors and seniors that were just not good for the team. And we were able to get some of those guys out, bring some new guys in that really, really helped the team. And, you know, we went to the Sweet 16 two years in a row, one conference champs, like, you know, we were able to really turn it around, um, which was suit, which made the back half of our college careers just so much more enjoyable, you know, so um, yeah, the culture is unreal right now. I, I mean, a lot of us, a lot of impactful guys on the team, we left, but, you know, they got, they have uh, a bunch of guys that I'm looking forward to seeing, like, step up as leaders which I mean that's important you know if you if you have good leaders like in your juniors and senior classes then the younger guys they can see that and they can see how to how to act and how to approach themselves in certain situations and you know I'm confident that th that they were the younger guys were able to have good older guys to look up to and I'm looking forward to seeing like what they can do because I was actually just in Tulsa not too long ago practicing with them as I was getting ready for my trial in Memphis and, uh, you know, just hey, practicing with them. I was like, you know, you guys, I, I think that y'all can continue to be like a really good team. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, that's the exact mentality you need to have with like, I mean, I know stuff with us, like we have obviously a leadership team and that has helped our freshman class just hugely. Because I mean, I, I I mean I know for us we feel like our coach feels like as if like um like championships are won on like character rather than talent. Yeah, like culture yeah. is he he believes culture is like everything, and like as long I if you can have a sure. like everyone has like a good. Oh, actually, so our coaches uh 
he majored in psychology and so he will literally base like he'll take people by their personality like on the team like he's like you might not be the fastest but he's like I like that you you're I like your personality more than you as a runner so he's like I'll take you on the team that's what he did for me uh so which I'm very thankful for that uh so yeah but I think one thing I want to talk to you about is so obviously you had two years of a poor season and then obviously you go to the round of 16 twice what was that experience like playing in the NCAA tournament you know uh, how did how did that feel yeah that was awesome I mean I'll 20 it was 2020 my junior year COVID I actually got I got injured the first game of this year so it, I wasn't able to play the rest of the season because it was just I never wished any injuries on anybody they suck um so we were able to go to the conference championship then we lost didn't make the tournament because in COVID they had less teams and then that 2021 fall season um we were able to go to the speed 16, win the conference championship. I mean, it just gave everybody a taste of winning, you know, you know, you've been, you've been losing for so long. Um, you know, nobody on that, not a single person on that team had been a part of a winning season at Tulsa because all the guys that were older, we were all there when, whenever it was bad. So for them to get a taste of it for us, get, like it was like, nobody was complacent because nobody knew, what it was like to be like a conference champion. So when everybody, all 30 guys on the team got a taste of that, it was like, you know, like we want more, you know, like this isn't, this isn't enough, especially to go to the Sweet 16 and lose two at home and overtime the way that we lost. I mean, it was just like, oh, it was like, we want to make it back there. And so then that next season, this past season, you know, we go to the Sweet 16 again, get national seed and get a first round bye. But I mean, unfortunately, come up short, lose to a PK with two minutes left in the game. So it's like, you know, everybody still got that taste. That's why I hope the guys that are there right now they can continue to keep that fire in them and uh, keep chasing it and get get over that hump of the Sweet Sixteen because it's got yeah. us back years, man. But uh, what a what a time! Though. It's just it's a lot more fun to be playing in the national tournament than to be that team that doesn't make it and you're just watching it on your TV. Yeah you know they're like oh that team sucks we should have been in there well you're not so like yeah that's what we did that's what we did the first two years we would just me and my friends we would just watch it on tv talk smack being like oh you know we could have been there but you know we definitely were not good enough to get there you know you got to win games to get there so it's a lot more fun to be playing that is for sure i bet i bet so what is um I don't know you're you're honestly like preaching a lot right now about like uh mindset over everything and stuff like that what's something that like a phrase that you live by that you feel like helps you uh I just get better do y'all watch Talladega Nights ever y'all know that yes Yes. (laughs) yes so my boy Ricky Bobby has been a saying that I've hung on to since middle school but if you ain't first you're last that's kind of yeah I love that that is yes yeah, my dad, my dad, he gave me, um, when I went to college, he like, he wrote, he gave me like these motivational quotes or speeches and whatnot. And he always knew that it was my favorite quote. And it was like, in bold, like the last one, it was like, if you ain't first, you last. So I've always kind of, that's just been my number one quote, like my whole life. It will always be my top quote too. So that is awesome. I love that. Unreal film. Love it. Class TV. It's a great movie as well. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's the perfect quote to live by. Yes. I swear. Um, but going off of that and like the adversity thing, so you mentioned you've faced a few injuries in your career, and I know your junior season you had one at the beginning of the year that I think took you out for the the rest of the season. So how have you? How did you deal with like injury and adversity like there? Yeah, that one was tough because, like I was mentioning earlier, we weren't good our first two years, but that was the year that all of us that were freshmen and sophomores at the time were now older juniors and seniors. And we had brought in some really good transfers that were key players on the team and ended up having unreal college seasons. And, you know, it was the first game of the year. You know, I remember, I remember when it happened too, it was the first five minutes and then it was 10 minutes later. Uh, I got the assist to one of my best friends, Alex Meinhardt, who got his first goal after that was his first game in three years because he had torn his ACL back. It was just like a really cool moment. And to win that game 1-0 against a top 10 team in the country. And then I actually got uh, the best 11, not like national team of the week uh, after that game too. And that was super tough because, you know, like that was my season, you know, like I couldn't play any longer. So that was really tough. <laughs> especially knowing that I knew that this team was special and they were going to be really good, which obviously they were and went all the way to the, to the championship and we ended up coming up short, but yeah, I think the hardest part about that though was because it was COVID they moved our season to the spring. And so I did it in February and obviously it's a long recovery process. So usually when you play a season, you get a full year to the next season, Well, because it was COVID and they pushed our season back, our next season was then that next semester in the fall. So I was, I was still recovering. So I actually, that year we went to the speed 16 for the first time. I didn't actually get to play until I think it was maybe October or something like that. Like I missed the first nine ish games. Um, But, you know, when you have, you know, an unreal support system, unreal teammates that, you know, pick you up and look after you and, the best part was, as we were winning, I, you know, I had something to be, to be happy about. And I had never, that was my first serious injury. I'd had minor ones in the past, but never, never one where I've needed surgery and had to wait this long. So that it was definitely tough, but you know, I had an unreal support system, but then I also had really good friends on the team that had it worse than I did. So I think seeing them go through something that was worse than what I had to go through and seeing how they were still hanging in there strong, honestly, was my motivation, to be honest. Because then I had nothing to complain about. Because uh, one of my best friends on the team, actually, he had to have, like, six surgeries, took three years to play a game. But then I'm complaining because I'm out for nine months. You know, like, I, I I have no right to be complaining when I got guys over here on my team that have been watching three full seasons and not being able to take part in it. So, I think, I think the biggest thing is when you're hurt, if you just got people that are looking after you, I think the support system is massive whenever you're going through that process. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, obviously my, like Carson is hurt right now too. And so like, you know, he's, you know, we've trying to be there for him. And I mean, to be fair, he's been really good about that. And like, he's been kind of a leader on the team. Like, do you feel like you kind of stepped up, like had like stepped up a little bit when you were hurt into like a, like leadership position from the sidelines, something like that? 
Yeah, that was yeah, you're spot on. That was big for me because I had been in the leadership group and it was my job from being someone that was used to being a leader on the field. Then I had to learn how to be a leader on the bench, you know, which is a really hard transition, especially um, when you are just so used to just being that guy on the field that is talking and uh, one of the guys that's helping lead the team because, you know, you just got to be a good example for the guys that, you know, maybe don't get to play as much and they're on the bench as well. Like, you, cause if I have a bad attitude, then, that may make the guy next to me think that it's okay to have a bad attitude. So it's just important that, you know, I always got a smile on my face. I'm cheering the guys on. I'm encouraging because, you know, I would want the same thing if, you know, it happened to someone else. So, yeah, so you're spot on for sure. That's really, that's really cool. Uh, I mean, uh, leadership is definitely important and, you know, everyone kind of looks to you for all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, the fact, like, as long as you, stay happy and stay humble then you know i guess everyone else will follow i i did have one question though um so you mentioned you're you like to talk on the field um are you are you you a trash talker on the field or do you kind of like yeah yeah i talk i talk a lot of smack fair share of smack for sure i'm definitely known on the team for being the guy that talks a lot it's got a big mouth but i think that's just trouble for it no, nah, because the coaches love it. They, they're they all about it. I'll never forget, though, there was one time I might have taken it a little too far, but <laughs> but that never really stopped me. So I remember we had, we had one talk, like, that next day. He was like, I like the trash talk, but, you know, sometimes – I can't remember word for word what he said, but he definitely didn't call me out, but then, like, was passive-aggressive about it, but I also didn't really care. So I where I come from, that's just how it is, you know. Like I, all my best friends, you know, they play football and I mean, football in college and they, I mean, I don't know how much of football you guys watch, but talk a lot of smack and football and basketball. So it's like, that's how I grew up. And I, I translate that into soccer. Some people may not agree with it, but to be honest, I think it helped my team when I was there because when I showed up, not a lot of people talk smack. I'll never forget those sophomore year. I trained with this pro team after my freshman year called FC Dallas. And because I was a college kid and all of them, they were all pros making money. Like I wasn't going to talk smack. Like who am I to talk smack to these guys making six figures? Like I'm a nobody, you know? So I kept my mouth shut. I didn't talk, I didn't say a single word when I was there. I literally showed up to training, smiled, shook hands, respectful that I dipped out. And so when I came back, I think I got in that habit and I kind of stopped talking and I'll never forget the captain on the team came up to me and was like, cause I was a sophomore now. He was a junior. He was like, like, why aren't you talking smack anymore? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't need to do it anymore. Like I just came back from summer. Like I don't really talk anymore. He's like, nah, it's boring now. Like, like whenever you talk, he's like, he's like, I need you to talk smack so that I can like get, get going and get motivated. Cause I'm always the guy people want to beat because if I beat people, I let them know. And now it's reciprocated because anytime someone beats me, they let me know for sure. So, uh, yeah, I definitely talk a lot of smack. Everything's fair game. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get personal too. It's so it's pretty funny to get under some of my, my buddies, uh, get under the skin of some of my buddies, but I think it's important to know respect as well. And, you know, like when you're in the white lines and you're playing, it, it, it's all about respect you know it's just a game but then whenever the whistle blows and you're outside of practice you know you're your brothers so I can say nobody on the team nobody on the team takes it personal which is good 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I also I want to talk about the the pros for a second, just because like you did kind of slightly mention that. Uh, so what's going on with you now with uh, all the pros or all the pro teams going on? Yeah. So I mean, so it's it's preseason is going on right now. Ah, it's it's super hard to explain, but like basically, the season starts in March and you kind of have like a bunch of combines that you some players are invited to you can go and in those combines then if they like what they see then they can invite you to like their preseason so i went to two combines some of my other friends went to some comps too and i actually went to this combine in memphis the other a couple weeks ago and i did well they liked what they saw so they actually called me back to preseason so i was actually there all last week i just got home to college station yesterday so i was there for a full week uh did well they were looking to sign one outside back and it was between me and this other left back they told me and i was the number one choice so i felt pretty good about it and to be honest if you would have had this call with me a few days ago i would have been like pretty sure that i was going to get a contract with them but then they got a hold of this 37 year old brazilian who played in brazil's first league and so they actually ended up signing him. And so uh, they were honest with me and they just said that they, they liked me a lot, but they wanted to go a different direction and sign the 37 year old. Life. You just got to take it in the chin and move on. So they're giving, they gave me some time. They're going to, they're calling teams right now to see uh, who needs an outside back. And, you know, if I get a call tomorrow, I'm out, but like, you know, like it's just kind of whenever that kind of happens. Season. But I will also say it's important to just not put all, all your eggs in one basket. So I have also like fixed up my resume and preparing if I need to like close that chapter kind of a thing. Um, because I just want to make sure that no matter which, no matter what happens, I have like a plan because I would hate if I put all my eggs in, in one basket in soccer and if it didn't work out, then I'm kind of like screwed on the other side. So, um, but I'll definitely say going to Memphis gave me a lot of confidence and knowing that I can play at that level. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like I was saying earlier, it just takes if someone's going to take a chance on you because, uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing is if you get a coach that sees potential in you and doesn't just say, oh, we like you, but says like, I believe in you. Like, well, we're, we're going to sign you. So we'll see if that happens. I hope so, because I think that I can make the most of it if it happens. But also, I don't have control of it. So I'm kind of just letting it, let it happening or let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. I gotcha. I mean, yeah, I guess that's all you can do. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still awesome, though. I mean, at least, you know, now you can play at that level, even if it did fall through. You can tell yourself in your head, like, I can hang there. Like, <laughs> um, but obviously, I mean, we hope you get through a lot. Yeah. Um, because that would be awesome to know someone that plays. Yeah, I, I, I hope it does too. It's one of those, so like the Memphis team. It's kind of difficult to explain. Some people, some people know, some don't. But it's like you have the MLS, and then it's like a pyramid. MLS, obviously, the highest. Right under that is USL Championship, which is a really good level too. And that was the team that I was at. And then under that, you have USL One, which is uh definitely more common for kids out of college to go go play there and work your way up 
that's like probably the lowest level professional one, but it's still a good level, but it's just the lowest in the pyramid. And for me, I really wanted to do championship and I would just have to decide, you know, if I, if I'm, if I want to do one kind of like it, I have to figure that out myself, you know, like what's the best option for me to be successful. Um, whether that be go work or go one and try to work my way up kind of a thing, but I'm also young 23. So yeah, I still got, if I do want to go that route and work my way up and if it doesn't pan out, then I still have time to go work. So yeah, just big, big life decisions coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so enjoy, enjoy being where you guys are at right now for sure. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely will. Um, I, all right. So there, there's one more question I want to ask and it was, if there was just like, if you could give any advice to like, I guess a younger soccer player, like if they were like, how what was your work ethic like how did you get to where you are what was like that one thing that you remember that like really helped you just stand out from everyone else yeah I mean for me I don't that's a good question one thing I don't know if everybody at least the people that I was really close with I feel like had a similar uh, viewpoint and mindset but for me like whenever I'm on the field and I step up on the field it doesn't matter who is across me, like on the other side, on the other team, because as an outside back, like I go to my side and, you know, I look up to see who I'm going against. I got like two guys that I'm, that I'm really going against. It's the winger and the outside back on that side. And it's like, it doesn't matter who's on that side. Like I'm better than you, you know, like I'm, I think it's having that confidence and like that swag, that swag that you have, you know, just being like, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a pro because in my academy, I was going against a lot of guys that had already signed pro at like 15, 16, 17 years old, you know, mm-hmm. and some guys may be intimidated, like, oh, I'm going against so-and-so, you know, but for me, I didn't care. Like, I was better than you, you know, whether or not that was actually the case at the end of the game, it, it didn't matter because before that whistle blew, like, I was, I was reminding myself that I'm, I'm the best. And so uh, some people may not like that, but that's just the way that that I grew up in the, what I tell myself, because I think it's important that, you know, you are confident. And I think that's basically what I'm trying to say is to any young person, you know, just be confident, you know, you make a mistake, you move on. Everybody makes mistake. Nobody's going to play a perfect game. Just having the confidence that, you know, your touch is going to be good. Um, your passing is going to be good. Your shot's going to be good and you're going to have bad ones, but you know, you just brush that off. You know, you can't let, you can't let that affect the next, uh, the next thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to Bucky's before? Oh, Bucky's is superior. This is yeah. that is for sure. I actually <laughs> had an argument with uh Megan because she's trying to tell me Quick Trip. I'm sure Carson may say the same thing, but nah. I mean Quick Trip has good food, don't get me wrong, but I mean Bucky's probably fits about 20 quick trips in one of them. So I was about to say I've been to I've been to a quick trip before and like I heard someone someone kind of argued against like that to Bucky's and I went there and I was like they they don't know like they just don't understand that Bucky's is it's just superior like what you said yeah because I mean, the thing better. is the thing is quick trip you stop if you need gas Bucky's yeah. you stop for the experience you know you exactly. walk in, you yes. walk in there you get whatever you want you just kind of people just stop they see a Bucky's and they're like I'm gonna stop I got a full tank of gas but I'm still gonna stop like that's exactly. the difference I got a full tank of gas I'm driving past any quick trip in the country so I don't really care but yeah. 
I love that. That is all right. He still hasn't been to a Bucky's before. No, you have to, to, mate. I don't know if uh, I don't know if y'all come to Texas at all, but yeah, if y'all happen to drive by, you got to. Because I don't know if they're anywhere else. I know that they're trying to expand it, but they've actually got one uh, where like pretty close to where I used to live in Bama, or I guess I still live there, but I'm in Clinton now. But yeah, so uh, no, it's like um, 20 minutes away from where I live, so we go there a lot. Yeah, yeah, I know you have to, sick. So, all right. Well, this seems like the perfect place to call it. So, Mitch, we really, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I've had a lot of fun. I hope you have too. Yeah, yeah, no, appreciate it. It's been awesome talking to you guys, and y'all asked some really good questions. Y'all got a good thing going, so I wish y'all the best of luck and uh, and the people that y'all talk to in the future and whatnot, and the running. I know y'all got some meets coming up, so I hope y'all smash it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you so much. And be sure to let us know how you get on. I'll be talking to Carson and everything about your pro contract and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see. Excited to see yeah. for sure. Yeah, I appreciate my yeah. boys. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, this has been another episode of The Dorm Room. I'm Charlie Rook. And I'm Baxter Friedman. And we will catch you all next time.